Just because we have been given all things doesn't mean we have automatic use of them. Have we not been given the healing from the stripes of Jesus? Does it make it automatic that we just receive that? To answer it, I'm going to use uh, another example. All people in the, in, across the entire world have been forgiven of their sins, but they do not automatically become sons of God. They do not automatically become born again, even though their sins have already been forgiven. See, it's not automatic. It takes a choice and a focus of our heart. It's all about where we set our minds. I want to read Romans 8 verses 5 through 11. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Now these verses are some of my favorite verses in, in the Bible. He, he, he literally is talking about the focus of your heart. Now he said to set your mind, but this just isn't just your brain. This is to set the core thoughts of your being on this. And when he says, if you live according to the flesh, you'll set your mind on the things of the flesh. And this includes anything that your flesh needs. So if I can get, get you to, to pull back from it for just a minute, just imagine that your flesh currently needs some healing. Are you able to pull back from what your flesh needs and set your heart, your mind on the things of the spirit? Can you visualize yourself being completely perfect before the Lord? Because even though your flesh might have a need, your spirit does not have a need. When you're able to look past the things of the flesh, you will begin to hear the voice of the Spirit. All of this works together. This isn't just a, uh, a one-way street or, or one-time thing. Learning to walk in the Spirit is learning to engage in all of the things of God. So is there anyone on here that has learned to, to walk in divine health? My guess is you've probably also learned to hear the voice of God. Maybe that's the next thing that's growing for you. We have to see ourselves as a, a, a tender plant that's growing. You can't just cram for this like a, a university exam. As understanding grows in your heart, in, in, the, in the soil of your heart, you'll begin to see the, the green beginning to manifest, if you think of a plant, and you'll begin to see the physical results beginning to manifest in your life. It's kind of like if you can ignore the fact that you need healing, you become more open to receive healing. So learning 
to continually ignore the things of the flesh is definitely a process in, in, as we grow in him. Because the things of the flesh will continue to try to speak to you. But I want to just look again at, uh, just talk about verse 6 and 7. Instead of carnally, I'm going to say, for to be naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So verse 7 then says, but the natural, or the carnal, but I'll just say, the natural mind is enmity against God. See, the natural mind actually fights against God. So when you're listening for the voice of God, your natural mind will try to fight against that. And I'll say it this way, your, your natural mind being your brain. This is why a, a, a logical thinker has a harder time of learning to do this. This is why it's actually simple for children because they're less focused on simply thinking logically. In fact, in verse eight, it says those who are in the flesh or those who have natural thinking only, it actually says that they cannot please God. So if we can recognize the fact that there is a war going on, there's a fight between the flesh and the spirit. There's a reason why you may have said before, I don't hear the voice of God. And hopefully through this discussion here, you can realize that it's not because God isn't speaking. It's not even that you aren't capable of hearing him because all of those things are already in place. But in the fight between the flesh and the spirit, the flesh is still winning out over the spirit. Now there are some things that I have talked about here before that can help to focus our hearts on the spirit. One of those is worship. Another one is meditation, quieting your heart before the Lord. There's another thing that the Lord's been highlighting to me, and I have yet to discover the depths of what all of this means, but he is revealing to me the power behind communion. He has invited me to take communion with him at specific times. This is also where fasting comes into play. And I, <laughs> I can almost hear your flesh saying, no, I don't want to hear about these things. But your flesh needs to be denied. This is why the specific things that I just mentioned right here are all about putting the flesh down and making it submit and opening up your heart to be able to, to be in the spirit. If you can convince your heart of something that you are continually on God's mind, this isn't just him randomly sort of yelling out to anyone who will hear. You are his child if you have been born again. He has set his mind and his heart on you. So the only thing missing is setting your heart on him. His heart is already pressing toward you specifically. And he is drawing you specifically toward him. Do you think he will just be silent in this relationship? No, he is speaking continually to your heart, but you will only hear it through your spirit. I'm convinced that even the times that I've heard the audible voice of God, it came directly through my spirit. I'm not even quite convinced whether it was something 
audible that others could have heard. In fact, now that I think about it, I'm realizing something. The times that I have heard the audible voice of God that other people are around, no one else looked around to see who had spoken. Does that mean that my physical ears were not actually hearing something? I just feel like there was an alignment between physical and spirit so much that it sounded like an audible voice to me. Make your focus to be on the Spirit of God. In fact, I want to read the verses in 1 John 4, verses 12 through 18. Now, I want you to hear this from the attitude of the Spirit. 1 John 4, verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now I know we have read these verses the last couple times. We have to understand our oneness with him. Let me say it this way. If you would feel or say that you can't hear the voice of God, that's like saying you can't hear your own thoughts. He is as close as your own thoughts. Maybe sometimes you'll say, well, that was just my own thoughts. And many times it can sound like that. But do you call yourself by your own first name? Do you say to yourself, son, I want to tell you something or daughter, I want to say something to you. If you're listening for the voice of God, you will recognize him addressing you in these ways. Or maybe it's a thought that wasn't even part of your, your thinking at the time. And something just crosses your thought path like that. How many times do you think that possibly could have been the Lord? If you could go through and read these verses in 1 John 4 again and again, and abide in him and him in you, abide in him, you will begin to recognize by the peace that you have, a thought will, will, will come to you and you will be filled with peace. Or you will have a sense of love that you know doesn't come just from you. When the thought or the word comes to you and is accompanied by one of the traits of God, you should pay attention that it's very likely that he's speaking to you. And remember, he will never contradict his word. This is why as you grow in a relationship with him, his voice becomes more and more unmistakable. And you'll have a thought that sounds like your own thoughts and you will just know that he has spoken to you. It's then that sometimes he wants you to deliver that word to someone else. This just happened to me uh, last Sunday at church. We were singing a song during the worship time. And one of the phrases in the song was, my shame is undone. 
And I know the song that we were singing, but as we sang that phrase, I had a, a picture come to mind of a specific man. This man was dressed in a specific way. I could see the colors of his shirt, his pants, everything about him. And when I saw that, I heard again, my shame is undone. So no more shame. And so I, I started thinking, I wonder where this man is. So I, I looked around, began to look around the church. And I saw a man on the other side dressed exactly as that vision that I saw. And I didn't hear an audible voice of some, something telling me to do something. I just knew I was to deliver that word to that man. So while we were still singing this song, I walked around over to that man and I said, God has a word for you right now. And I told him that I had seen this vision of a man dressed like him and that I had looked around and I, and I saw him standing there. So I said, this is the word for you. Your shame is undone. In other words, God has unraveled all the shame. I have no idea what, what is, is or was going on in his life, but he just gave me a knowing smile. In other words, he had been asking God this question, and I think he must have still been living in shame of some kind. And God was saying to him, let it go. There is no more shame before me. So that's an example just last Sunday of hearing, but it was hearing in my heart and it was combined with seeing something. Again, I'm going to say this again. This is not a formula of any kind. <laughs> but when you can begin to be open to these subtleties, see, when you're when you're actively listening for the voice of God and you have the faith to believe that you can hear him, I can promise you something. He is trying to get his word to you. He wants to manifest everything you need for life and godliness. He wants it to come into your physical realm. But this takes a posture of your heart focusing on the spirit. Now, I want to say one more thing that is a wonderful way to focus on the Spirit. And that is when we take the time to simply pray in tongues. It prepares your heart to be open to hear. But it also does not allow your logical brain to get in and try to analyze everything. But if you just pray in tongues in a way that someone has taught you to do, you can be just as carnal and fleshly minded praying in tongues as any in any other way. Praying in tongues is not a guarantee of hearing the voice of God. I have I've seen others do it and I've done it myself when I just say, well, I'll just I'll just pray in tongues. But again, that is the approach of trying to do a scientific formula. We know that that is an action of the spirit, but you can also do it as an action of the flesh. So let this be a question that you answer for yourself. How much of what you do is actually setting your mind on the things of the Spirit? See, I want to go back to a statement that I said earlier. Living a life of faith can and should produce a heart filled with rest. But this only comes when we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. You see, the finished works of Jesus enable us to walk in an attitude of rest and trust. So how much do you find yourself with an attitude of rest? 
Do you remember talking about this before? Going through Hebrews 4 and talking about the, the entering God's rest. See that, the, the way of receiving the word of God through the Spirit does not come through struggling to hear his voice. It comes through submitting to the quietness of his voice. I even think of the words of Jesus where he said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Have you been weary and heavy laden in trying to hear God's voice? You can hear his voice with an attitude of rest. Have I talked to you guys before about sitting before the Lord and going kind of in and out of sleep and awake? There's a way of hearing God's voice that is in between uh, being awake and being asleep. This is one of the reasons for cultivating uh, meditation and, and spending time in worship before the Lord. But if you find yourself fighting uh, to stay awake even, or, or fighting to block thoughts or clear your mind, all of that struggle and fighting is a distraction against hearing Him. Because remember, all of the fruits of the Spirit are part of you because of Him. And He does not have any struggle in His heart. So when you recognize that there's a struggle happening inside of you, turn inwardly to Him and say, I realize you have no struggle, Lord, and you are inside of me. So inside of me is no struggle. And I believe this by faith because I can picture you being at rest. So, Lord, I receive your rest. I receive your mind in me. I receive your peace that passes all understanding. And again, this is not coming from the outside. I receive your peace that is resident in me. And you focus on the perfection of Jesus. The struggles that you've had will begin to diminish. You will experience perfect love casting out fear. You will experience His joy and His peace. And it will be pressing out from the inside out, pressing all of these other things away from you. Focus on His goodness and His perfection, His joy and His rest. And you will begin to hear His voice.